Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, Dr. Ross Green here. Coming to you from Portland, Maine, I'm joined by my co-host, Susie Porton, who's coming to us live from the Buffalo, New York area. Susie, how are you today? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I am well. Are you ready for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child? Absolutely. Good, because we have a caller already and a bunch of email in the mailbag. So um, let's get started. I want to remind people of the call-in number. It's 347-994-2981. And we think you have to press 1 to get into the program. And we think Blog Talk Radio used to tell you that, but we think they don't tell you that anymore. So 347-994-2981, then press 1, we think. But we do have a caller already, so apparently they did it right. Let's bring our caller on. How are you today from area code 416? What's on your mind today? Well, now we can hear what sounds like talking, but it is very garbled. And so I'm going to ask you to call back in. Once again, 347-994-2981, and we'll bring you right on, or we might start answering another one if you don't call right back in. Um, But call us back in because we can't hear a word you're saying. You know, technology, can't live it, can't live with it, can't live without it. That's the truth. Um, Yeah, Um, but let's start with... um, one that uh, just came in this morning. Um, My eight-year-old son was challenging from day one. Over the years, I moved from calling him my challenging kid to my spirited kid to finally realizing he fit the intense, explosive, and flexible kid description to a T. He has extreme emotional reactions to plans suddenly changing. He has a real hard time with limit setting and seems to be stuck in no as a default response to most things. He gets stuck in frustration when things don't happen the way he thought they would and seems unable to accept the reality of a no, as in no, you can't invite a friend over right now. It is 8 p.m. on a school night. And his frustration can escalate to full-blown anger outbursts that last hours and leave holes in the walls. He can be quite aggressive towards his younger sister, which is a big source of tension at home. A few months ago, we went through the roughest patch yet, almost daily intense meltdowns, very aggressive, and one day actually trying to open the front door of the house to presumably run onto the street. Very scary to a mom. It is very clear to me that he has a very hard time with emotional regulation, impulse control, and has a tendency toward rigid thinking. 
We recently consulted a neuropsychologist to try and figure out how to best help him out. The neuropsychologist assessed him and concluded that he was intellectually gifted, ADHD with anxiety. At school, he has a good group of friends. He excels in most subjects except phys ed. He is quite athletic. That's not the problem. The issue in phys ed is that he goes a bit wild and doesn't listen. I think he uses this class as an outlet, possibly. Now, my real question. All of the challenging behaviors we see are rooted in lagging skills, which I truly believe is the case. How does he manage to behave relatively well in school? Don't get me wrong. He is not perfect at school, but doesn't act out there. And why do the meltdown acting out episodes happen only at home? Doesn't that somehow show that he can self-regulate and control his impulses? Thanks for any light you can shed on this. Well, we are delighted to shed some light on this, and I want to let our caller from area code 416 know that we'll be right with you as soon as we're done responding to this one. Just give us a few minutes. Um, Susie, you want to take a crack at that one, or you want me to go first? Um, I'll take a crack. Um, I I remember so well with our challenging son that um, whenever you asked him to uh, do something, his knee-jerk reaction uh, was a simple no. But as we um, improved in the Plan B process, and I gave him a little bit of time to initially say his no, but then he would think, he was able to think and move off of the initial no um, and work something out. So um, I understand that part of it. Um, I know I'm big on saying to parents to keep a log for a week um, so that you see the two or three unsolved problems that are reliably and predictably occurring, and you want to prioritize those um, and make sure that you make an appointment to speak with your child, to have a Plan B discussion um, in a quiet time, not in the heat of the moment, and um, even trying to set aside 15 minutes a day to work on these unsolved problems and to get them resolved once and for all. Um, And I think the other thing was that uh, for the most part, my son was pretty controlled at school but let loose uh, when he was home. Um, We we attributed that to the embarrassment factor that he was able to keep himself pretty tightly wound at school and behave for the most part. And that's why um, we thought most of the challenging episodes occurred at home. Some kids are able to keep themselves very tightly wrapped at school. 
uh, or in situations in which they might become embarrassed. Um, doesn't mean the lagging skills aren't there. It means they are putting forth great energy to, um, well, inhibit their worst response. Um, some of them, there are lots of unsolved problems at school, but they're just keeping themselves very tightly wrapped and somehow managing to hold it together, but they can't maintain that 24-7. So a lot of them blow up the minute they walk in the door um, over things that occurred at school that day. Now, that's uh, that's a uh, episode that's occurring at home, but is actually due to unsolved problems that are occurring at school. Um, so the embarrassment factor, now there are some kids who, uh, blow right through the embarrassment factor, and they, they look bad, as we say, at both school and home. And uh, actually, that's not great either because now we've got two environments in which the kid is showing us that he's really struggling. Of course, it's not fantastic if you've got unsolved problems at school and we don't know about it because it just means that those are sort of underground and um, it's hard for us to solve them if we don't know about them. So I like the idea of a log. Um, we might need to get some information from him about unsolved problems at school, though, because the school folks may not be aware of them just because he's holding it together uh, at school. So it's not unusual for schools to be stunned that the kid actually has difficulties at home because they say they don't have any difficulties with them at school. Sometimes, of course, that leads them to say that uh, the problem is not at school. The problem is the parents, but a red herring and a uh, blind alley that uh, we don't want to go down. Um, now, the interesting thing is another possibility is that um, there are more unsolved problems at home than at school. Uh, you know, the lagging skills only get in the way when they are being demanded by the environment. It's possible unlikely but possible that um, whatever uh, this uh, young boy's uh, lagging skills are, demands for them are not being placed upon him at school. I, I, that's usually not the case, but it's more likely that the embarrassment factor is keeping us from seeing them. Um, but we can't rule out the possibility that there are demands being placed upon and expectations at home uh, that aren't there at school or that he's having more difficulty uh, overcoming or compensating for uh, at home than at school. Um, so that's a possibility as well. And yes, Susie, I agree with you totally on there are kids who um, have what I've always called reflexive negativity. <laughs> uh, the minute there's a request that's placed upon them, they uh, say no. But it doesn't necessarily mean no. It often means, give me a second, you surprised me, or um, I didn't see that coming, or um, uh, let me finish what I'm doing now. So no can mean a lot of things. Give me, uh, give, buy, um, no can be buying time as well. Um, so sometimes we have to see past the no, but that's exactly the point you made. No is usually something that recur occurs in response to a request that is frequently chronically a problem and we don't want to be making that request uh, so that we find ourselves in the heat of the moment. We want to be doing plan B proactively on the request 
that uh, this kid is chronically saying no to so that we can find out what's getting in the way and solve it so that we've got a solution in place so that the parent doesn't necessarily have to be making the request or placing the expectation on the kid in the heat of the moment the next time. Now, we got a neuropsych report, and it says gifted ADHD and anxiety. None of those is lagging skills. So in addition to um, those could suggest some lagging skills and those could suggest some unsolved problems, but none of those is specific enough. So in addition to keeping a log of unsolved problems, times when uh, this boy is um, starting to get agitated, um, and by the way, we're not just looking for full-blown outbursts. We're looking for any time he balks, any time he's agitated. Um, he doesn't have to have a full-blown meltdown for us to know that there's an unsolved problem. Uh, he just has to balk or protest or disagree, and that's an unsolved problem an expectation he's having difficulty meeting. But in addition to the log, I think we also want to have mom uh, use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems to identify this boy's lagging skills so that we've got the right lenses on, and it'll also help her identify unsolved problems. So um, there's my two cents. Uh, anything to add to that, Susie, before we move on to our caller? We now have two callers, so we may be with callers for a good part of the rest of the time. Maybe telling people to press 1 helped, goodness, maybe for the last six And I, I did receive an email from somebody saying that they tried to call in and couldn't get in. So maybe pushing the number 1 has been the secret. So thanks for telling us about that. Susie, anything to add to that before we move on to our callers? No, let's move on to the callers. Let's move on to the callers. And now area code 416. I hope we can hear you this time. Go ahead. Uh, hi. Um, do you, can you hear me? You're there. We hear you. Yes. Okay, Go ahead. Great. What's on your mind uh, today? So um, my oldest daughter, I have three kids, three daughters, and my oldest daughter is eight. And um, since she was born, um, she's the baby that cried the most. Uh, the toddler that uh, was harder to manage. And I actually realized she was, um, I don't like, less, uh, like more intense uh, when my second daughter was born. Um, so uh, I've been trying to, um, I've been using your book. I read your book three years ago. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm with my little, uh, my youngest daughter right now, so she's asking for something, but... I'll follow her. Um, um, I've been no worries. This, this this is a real life program, so we we yeah. get it. Keep going. <laughs> so uh, I've been um, uh, uh, I read your book three years ago, and I I actually started solving a few problems, but I haven't been very diligent. I just uh, I was solving a few problems here and the, and there. So we we still was, were using lots of plan A's and stuff that I hated, but because I wasn't solving the problems, I didn't, I kind of didn't know what to do. Like plan C wasn't working because it was um, very disruptive. Um, but lately I've, uh, I've, I've been writing everything down um, and I can't, I am very, she's actually excellent. She's the best. Like my daughter can sit down and try and solve problems. She's very, um, 
um, she, she likes like she likes to sit down and talk to and talk with me, and it's kind of our time together. Uh, but I'm not good at it. I, I find it really hard, especially when with the problems that are very, like like with problems like um, uh, getting ready for morning, and uh, well, she has sensitivity to clothing, so those problems are kind of easy. Uh, or the store she didn't want to go swimming, so we solved the problem. But the problems um, that are harder, like uh, the, the I, I have a list, and it's a very long list with problems, but I'm not sure if those are recurrent problems or are problems that happen because the, the, the behavior is the same. Um, but I don't know how to put them together. I don't know if it makes sense. Well... What I would say is this, um, you don't want to, I don't, I don't know if you were saying this or not, but you don't want to organize what you're working on by your daughter's behavior. No. Because okay. let's say, if, let's say, name one of the behaviors she exhibits when she's stuck. Um, so most, I think that the, the most, I, I really don't know where to, to start with her. That's my main uh, problem because it's so many things. Uh, the car, she's in the when she's in the car, everything goes crazy. Okay, we kind of solved that problem, but the other day went wrong and the the solution didn't work. Um, okay. But it's not because it didn't work. It's, the solution was to bring her her uh, tablet to the car, and my other daughter uh, decided to take the tablet, and so we didn't have the tablet. <laughs> so. It, it and the tablet of, was the solution. Yes, the tablet Got was it. the solution because she was more relaxed. So, uh, and my husband was dealing with that, so it went really crazy. Um, um, and then um, the other problem, and it's it's always towards my uh, middle daughter. We have, I think that's that's what I want to solve first. Um, the problems with my middle daughter is it, 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 she she attacks her for anything. Like it doesn't have to be. For instance, today we, we they were watching TV and each of them have a kind of like a blankie that they used to cover up. Mm-hmm. And she suddenly thought that that my that the the blanket that my middle daughter had was better than hers. So she started calling her names. I knew she was actually upset because she didn't have her blanket. But she, because she attacks my middle daughter, I find it really hard to not take it personally. I because I don't know if it makes sense. I don't know if I'm making make, sense, but no, you're making good <laughs> sense because what I'm always listening for, what Susie's always listening for, is yeah. not the behavior, which I I, I get yeah. it. Um, it sounds like attacking is one of her favorite behaviors, but you don't want to. Yeah organize your efforts by attacking, even though attacking her younger sister is not good, you want to get to the level of the very specific unsolved problems that are causing her challenging behavior, whatever it is. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, those problems sometimes are recurrent, but sometimes they're not. So do I have to talk about the one that happened that day like a single thing or just try? No, no, I think you want to go after the chronic ones first. You can't, you know, you can't solve them all at once. And the ones that are easier to start with are not the one-timers, but the chronic ones. 
So, mm-hmm. and, and the truth is, um, since you can't solve them all at once and since you have to start somewhere, I'd pick yeah. two or three of the chronic ones, the ones that are causing her difficulty most often. And it sounds like, and, and so difficulty getting along with her sister is yeah. still too broad. That's still, we're going exactly, to want to. Exactly, yeah. I, right. We're, we're going to want to split that one so that we're talking about these specific problems that are causing her to have difficulty getting along with her sister, that are causing her to attack her sister. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not going to go with uh, attacking sister. That's that's the behavior. We're not going <laughs> to no, go I with difficulty. That it didn't, yeah, it that's didn't right. That, that's a that's a yeah. that's going to be another red herring. Kids typically don't talk when you start with their challenging behavior, and it's too broad anyway. Yes. Difficulty getting along with her sister would still be too broad, but it's better. Mm-hmm. Difficulty getting along with her sister in the car would be much more specific. Difficulty agreeing on which blankie to use with her sister is much more specific. Um, but that so I hope you have a better idea of what's specific, thing. but you don't want to go with one-timers. You want to go with the chronic ones as often as you can. Okay. That makes sense? And then so, once... Yes, what, it does. But, uh, you, you do want to make your list, and then you can prioritize and decide which ones you want to start with first. Um, pick two or three. Start there. And I wouldn't agonize too much over where to start. And then the only thing I would say is um, what you've noticed is that it sounds like you've had some success with Plan B if you do it inconsistently. Yeah, I wonder I, what I kind of I, success. I just wonder what kind of success you're going to have with Plan B if you do it more consistently. I'm sure it will be great. The thing is, I'm, 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 I'm really, I don't know where to start because there's so many, and some seem to be just one timers. And so I know that I have one that it's uh, when when uh, my middle daughter doesn't want to play. Like uh, my okay. oldest wants to play, uh, so she asks, um, I don't want to name, but uh, she says, Good. middle daughter, sister, would you, like to, would you like to play? And she says, no, I don't. And usually it's kind of on purpose, but I'm sure she doesn't really want to play at the time, but she kind of says it in, in a way that provokes a little bit my oldest, oldest daughter. But that is yeah. something that happens uh, pretty often. That's a great um, one. Okay, here's, so here's that's how one. And the other one, pardon you me? You difficulty when sister doesn't want to play with you. That's a great unsolved problem. It's chronic. Um, yep. it's, it's, it's pretty specific. It's not saying difficulty getting along with your sister all the time. It's saying difficulty when sister doesn't want to play with you. That's a great one. Say the other. Okay, that's one. And the other yeah. one is... Uh, difficulty uh, when uh, my my middle or anybody wants to play something else that she like she wants to play something that my oldest daughter doesn't want to and that's a very common one and I think it's affecting her relationship uh, with friends because she's okay, so you don't, um, you don't want to do you don't want to make it with everybody you want to make it with okay. somebody in particular. Someone. Because that'll okay, make it my, easier my, for her. That'll make it easier for her to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. If you start really clumped, 
and she's having difficulty playing a different game with lots of different people, but for lots of different reasons, mm-hmm. um, then starting clump will make it harder for her to talk about because yes. it's too complicated. So what you can do yes, after you start with a specific person, get her talking, and then okay. after you find out what her concern is with that person, you can then say, do you think that's also why you're having difficulty when your friend Sophia doesn't want mm-hmm. to play a certain game either? And then you can find out, is it the same or is it different? But you still want to split it so that you're not starting too broad with her. That okay. Like another great one. Okay, yeah. Um, the, uh, and then um, I have one more question. Uh, so what, let's say I start with these two. Uh, and I had another one, but I... Hello? Oh, okay. I'm here, yeah. Um, We're here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working on another one, so I think I could work with the three. The other one is um, uh, when she's anxious or excited about something that's coming, um, she starts uh, bugging her sisters. And I, we, we talked about it. This one we did talk about it. And uh, so the solution, she said, was I need to hug her and tell her that everything is going to be okay. <laughs> mm. Um it doesn't really work very well, uh, and I had a chance to 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 try it on March break, which was uh, in here in Toronto. It was uh, last week. Uh, we were out and about all the time, so every, every time we had to get ready, you could see her anxiety starting to grow. Um, so it kind of calmed her down, but uh, yeah, it was kind of tense. The situation was still kind of tense. Um, I don't know if that is a progress or not. If I had to go back to that, um, I don't know. If I well, could it's a little keep bit, trying. It's a little broad. It's a little broad. Hmm. Um, uh, we might want to word the unsolved problem a little bit differently. Um, okay. Difficulty. What What is your expectation about how she will handle the excitement of getting ready to go someplace. What is your expectation then? You're talking. You're asking me, right? Yep. <laughs> um, so no, it, the thing is, is um, when I when I was younger, I was I went and I would get excited. I was excited and I would show it, and we would jump around and be very happy about it. But uh, she, um, the way she. Um, 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 reacts to uh, excitement is she starts um, bothering her sisters. So we can't leave well, that's because what they're she fighting. Does. That's what yeah. she does. But what is it? Oh, that, what is your expectation about what she should do? Um, I don't know. Um, um, being happy about it, not really so anxious, but I guess I. I don't know. If she's, that's the way she reacts. I, I don't. I really didn't think about what my expectations were. Really. Well, this is an interesting thing. Many parents. You're you're not alone in this. Many mm-hmm. parents are able to say what their kid is doing that they don't like. But it's harder to say what expectation your daughter is actually having trouble meeting. But it sounds like you'd like her to stay calm when she's happy that the family is about to go do something. Do you think that's well, fair? Well, not, not, really, not, not really calm, because I don't expect her. I wasn't calm. I was an excited person. I would jump around and be so happy. But the thing is, she's not, 
she's um, fighting with her sisters. So um, I can't remember right now. What, yeah, um, I can't remember right now. I had to think what happened last week that was uh, so. Um, yeah, but you're you're going back to what she's doing that you don't she did. like. No, but I want to I want to think what I was uh, thinking. But yeah, no, I I don't expect her to be calm. No, but maybe not not bothering her sisters, like not not okay. be, not becoming because um, we we can't really uh, get through things because she's doing one thing after the other. She's um, fighting one sister, then the other one, then pushing, then this and that, and so I can't. I can't do anything. I can't get ready. I can't get anybody ready. We can't leave. It's that's the thing. That my expectation would be, you can jump around, but not not make your sisters um, angry or upset. But. Okay. Well, we're getting a little bit closer. The way I would write the unsolved problem right now is difficulty getting along with sisters when having when excited about a family activity. Is that closer to the mark? Yes, yeah. That's a great one, and I think you now okay. have three unsolved problems, and I think we've helped yeah. you know where to start. Just remember. Yeah. I just um, I just have one more thing that it's related to all of this. So once I start with these three problems, once I start with these three problems, how long to wait until I start putting some and more problems in? How would I know? Because some of these situations don't happen every day, so I might need to try, you know what I mean? Sometimes uh, during well, school... Yep. I think you want to say to yourself, um, that problem has come up a few times since we solved it, and the solution seems to be working. So I don't think we can give you an exact timetable here, but I think you want to okay. say to yourself, that has, we've, gone up, we've done a few family activities, and the solution that we have seems to be working... So if you have a solution that seems to be working on one unsolved problem, I think you should feel free to move on to one more. Okay. Okay, so it doesn't it, any, it's not going to be a, a once a week thing. It's going it might be once a month because the first three problems might not be solved in a month, something like that, right? Well, I think that um some of the problems you've mentioned probably come up way more than once a month. And so um, yeah. You know, you're doing three separate Plan Bs. You're not trying to solve all three problems in one Plan B. So you're going to have three separate conversations with her, um, mm-hmm. and then you're just going to keep a mental note of has that problem come up, and does it okay. does, our, does our solution seem to be working, and then you should okay. feel free to move on to another one. Okay. And if that problem, uh, if the solution wasn't perfect, I can go back to that even though we started with another one. For sure. Okay. Let's see if Susie wants to weigh in on anything we've been talking about so far. I just want to give Susie a crack at this one, too. Go ahead, Susie. Uh, Well, it's great that you're putting in the time now with your family and um, open to using the collaborative and proactive solutions model. one thing that might help is in the paperwork section on the website, um, there's the problem-solving chart, and you can list your two or three unsolved problems. And uh, yeah, yes. I, I, it's the one, yeah, I have that one too. Yeah, I yes, have it here. It's, yeah, it's and here. that might so I know yeah 
help a little bit just to see it down on paper, what you're working on and and just an about when you might want to try to get it solved by. It's not it's not exactly, but um, it gives you an idea. Um, the other thing, oh, about not taking the anger or whatever personally. I I remember that so well <laughs> with our challenging child, and um, I just remember repeating to myself many times throughout the day that children do well if they can, and if they can't, it's because something's getting in the way, and it's up to yeah. me to help figure it out what that something is. I find it really, really hard when yes. when uh, when she attacks my 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 middle daughter because she seems my my middle daughter seems to be attacked from everywhere. Even my baby daughter kind of. Yeah. So I find it so hard, and she knows my oldest daughter kind of knows that when when she I don't I don't want to say that because it, I don't believe in trying to call for attention, but it's the way she does. It doesn't matter if she's if if she's angry at uh, at me, she will say something to. It's kind of a immediate reaction mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to really like I'm doing I'm doing it I, I know I keep telling to myself she's learning she's learning she's learning but when she attacks my middle daughter it's kind of uh, it's kind of a knife <laughs> so, sure it's your heart yeah yeah well, well we hope we've helped you out today yes thank you thank you very much I might call, call in any time Take Thank care. you so much. You Thank you. you Susie, uh, we're going to move on to one more caller here. Sure. Because um, we have a little bit of time left here. So let's go to our next caller from area code 870. Hi there. What's on your mind today? Area code 870? Uh, maybe not. Uh, well, let's talk about our last caller. Uh, where, what unsolved problem you start with is always a very interesting thing. Um, that mom, though, needed a little bit of help with the wording, a little bit of help getting away from behavior, and a little bit of help not clumping unsolved problems. Um, but in terms of where to start, um, doesn't really matter where you start that much. The usual algorithm is, and she had some of these, any unsolved problems that are setting in motion safety issues tend to be a high priority. And if we don't have safety issues, which she did, unsolved problems that are setting in motion challenging episodes most frequently are a great place to start. But um, the truth is it's more important to get started than where you start, but I hope we helped her with three that she could start with. Susie, any more thoughts on that one? I'm sorry we rushed her off there. I just wanted to make sure we got to our other caller, but our other caller wasn't there. Any yeah. other thoughts? Um, just I was concerned about the splitting the problems and not clumping them. Um, I I was also curious if 
she and her significant other were on the same page in terms of parenting philosophies if um, her partner was able to use the model as well. Um, that Our was... caller from area code 870 is now back. Great. We, we seem to be having better luck the second time around today, so let's see if that holds true. Okay. Uh, area code 870, you're back. Hi. Can you hear me oh, now? There you are. We, it's strange. We we don't trust this technology. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we get disconnected about 30 seconds into the call and into the show and can't get back on. So we never know. That's sort of the adventure of the program. But go ahead. We don't have that much time left, but we'll try to help you out. What's on your mind? Okay, thanks. I have a 10-year-old son. Um, he's got a lifelong, very difficult temperament, kind of what you described in the explosive child, um, low frustration tolerance, problems with transitions. And as parents, even before we found um, you, you know, we were reading the more progressive parenting resources and such. So our our lifelong orientation is really kind of a, a plan B. And um, we've not been raised with much plan A, although we've had we've tried it <laughs> to see if that was going to work with him. But it doesn't either, as you describe. And uh, he's homeschooled now because about a year and a half ago he refused to go to school. He was having a lot of trouble with the transitions, and they were very plan A about it, and they made it really come to the point where he was just refusing to go, and I had, I mean, I was refusing to beat him. So he's homeschooled now. And I've read your professional and your parenting resources. I've listened to the show for a long time. Um, I filled out the paperwork and the lagging skills and the unsolved problems. And at this point with him, everything is, is pretty much in plan C except school. Uh, we narrow down our expectations of him to the minimum. I mean, we have a legal obligation for him to do some schoolwork and educate him. But um, he he's not, uh, you know, we, well, schoolwork, and what we, which we've pared down to maybe an hour or two a day, and very basic hygiene. <laughs> and um, he's not able to meet or comply with these uh, expectations without like, severe tantrums, um, which have resulted in him getting knives out and trying to, hurt other people, and it's just a meltdown. So we've made many, many appointments to talk to him, my husband and I separately and together, um, using empathy, you know, words and the drilling to try to figure out exactly what is bothering him, what is so difficult for him. And the bottom line, and when that doesn't work, we've also gone back and, and tried another um another uh, unsolved problem. Like, instead of difficulty starting 15 minutes of math, difficulty reading for 10 minutes, or difficulty taking a break from Minecraft for 15 minutes. And and we've expressed to him our our deep concerns, and we do have empathy for his position, And but he doesn't seem to be able to respond to our concerns I mean, he's got a real my way or the highway kind of orientation. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try. You can't make me. And he doesn't seem to care enough about our concerns 
to overcome his resistance his and his low frustration threshold, his low tolerance for, for dealing with these things. And so, um, it, and he's not afraid of us because we're not type A parents. Although, again, we have tried that. It doesn't work either. So how, I'm, I'm kind of at an impasse. I'm not sure. Um, he, he, we thought about maybe mood disorder. He's been seeing a psychiatrist, but if he's playing Minecraft or playing with his friends, he seems perfectly happy and content. It's only when anyone asks the most minimal things from him, it can be a tantrum over brushing his teeth or an, or starting any type of schoolwork, helping out in any way around the house, even with his own mess, that he gets extremely angry and can really escalate to violence. And so I'm wondering how to get him to engage in plan B since he doesn't seem to fear us, like, you know, plan A, and he doesn't seem to care about our concerns. Well, um, a few things. First of all, I'm glad you are, first of all, it sounds extremely difficult. Um, yeah. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I'm glad that you have a mental health professional on board, but it doesn't sound like you have a mental health professional helping you do problem solving with your son. It sounds like you might need some help with that beyond this program because it sounds like you have some safety issues that uh, bring you to a level of severity that is concerning as well. So, of course, if your son is dangerous to the point that you feel that you or he are unsafe, then you need to make sure that your current mental health professional knows about that and you have to sure. we, make sure that you end about, up at the hospital yeah. emergency room if things are... Uh, to the point that you feel somebody's unsafe, but, and I'm I'm sorry that we only have about two and a half minutes left because we're we're probably not going to do you justice uh, on your question. But I'm not hearing that he doesn't care about your concerns. Uh, not enough to overcome his thing. Yeah. Well, what I'm what I was listening very carefully for was his concerns about the different unsolved problems you're trying to gather information on. And what I heard was he says things like, you can't make me, um, and you can't make me really isn't his concern. And it may not even give us information about whether he can hear your concern. It's sort of an um, initial response that doesn't give us much at all. Since I only have a, a second maybe left, can, can I tell you kind of what his bottom line is? He says sure. um, he doesn't need to learn because he's going to grow up and not be successful and live with us forever. And if we die, he'll go live with his sister. <laughs> so our concerns are completely invalid to him. Um, well, we might have to help you out a little bit with your concerns, but um, we're looking for he's – just, he's just telling you why – your concerns don't trouble him. Yes. What I still do, what I still don't hear is 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 his concerns about very specific expectations that he's having difficulty meeting. So I I hate to leave you in the lurch here because we brought you on a little late in the program and this is going to be something that I would love to spend more time talking with you about. Let me ask you this. 
Um, can you call in again next week at the same time? Yeah, I'll try. Please do, because I really don't want to leave you hanging in the lurch. I think we can help you out more than we've helped you out today, but um, unfortunately we just don't have enough time to do it. I have a bit of a sense of your situation. Um, I think we're going to start our next call with the very specific unsolved problems that you'd like to talk with him about. So if you can call in, that's what we're going to ask you about right from the beginning. And um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what he's saying besides telling you that your concerns don't trouble him very much. And hopefully we can help you out more than we've helped you out today. Sound like a deal? Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay. I wish we could have helped Mom out a little bit more today, but we're out of time. Susie? Well, you gave her hope, and um, that's the most important. Thanks, as always. We'll be back again next week, and hopefully Mom will call back in. Great. Thanks. Take care. Take care, everybody.